Okay, this is Enyaka for Saita, and we are now beginning the third parak. Today we're beginning the third parak. And this one goes on for a while. We're going to be here for a long time in the third parak. Um, but the opener, as we talked about when we looked at the second parak, the opener for Enyaka, usually we get kind of a survey. Uh, they'll bring us a little piece of the Mishnah to tell us where we're holding in the Masechet in general. And there's not a ton of commentary on this because usually the Mishnah will get elucidated further. So we're just going to read this paragraph, and then we're going to talk about the second paragraph. So Mishnah. She wouldn't even get a chance to finish drinking. She would start drinking the water. She'd bring the water to her lips once again, reminding us what we're doing. We're dealing with a Saita. This is a woman who we, we suspect has been involved in an illicit relationship. We suspect she committed adultery. So we, uh, we have a whole procedure. We make her drink a potion. It's a mixture of stuff from the dirt at the bottom of the base of Mikdash and the name of God erased in it. She drinks the potion. If she's telling the truth, she's going to be fine. In this case, in our Mishnah, she is not telling the truth. She is not going to be fine. She does not even get to finish drinking. She brings the water to her lips. I don't know, a little bit touches her lips. She barely takes a drink. And her face turns greenish and her eyes start popping out. And you kind of know that this is not going to go in her favor. She doesn't, she doesn't know the face of someone who's about to get a bracha for, uh, for having drank the water and been innocent. He Malagidim, her entire body fills with veins. And they said, get her out of here. Get her out of the base of Megdash. She's going to make the Azara Tame. We're going to get back to that in a second. She would not actually make the Azara Tame because a dead body does not. But more on that later. But if she had done some good things in her life, she had some schos, it would be taylala. So she could drink the water, she could be somebody who committed adultery, she did the wrong thing, she drinks the water, and nonetheless, the Mishnah says, Her blood will make it tally. Huh? no? Yeah, that's, that's what the Gemara is going to say. We're yeah. still in the Mishnah. Oh, really? We're still in the Mishnah. The Mishnah's assumption is that we're talking about her dying. And a mace wouldn't make the Zaratame, as the Gemara is going to say. That was the hint. Yeah, right. <laughs> if, she had a, if she had some schos, and we're going to find out later what that schos might have been, we're going to say in the end that it couldn't have been schos mitzvah or schos terah, basically, because schos mitzvah doesn't protect and schos terah she can't have because she doesn't learn. We're going to say that it's, she let, it's that she lets her husband come to Yaakovshir. That's what we're going to say, is that she, that's the schos terah. So um, I don't know if this is a message you can bring home to your wives, that if you're ever a Saita, then uh, your schos teila, if you let me come to Yaakov share, but that's the uh, that's the argument in the Mishnah. Yesh schos teila shanachas. There's some schos that is that, right, right, right. It's a little twisty. It's a little shivart. <laughs> I mean, I really hope not. <laughs> Really hope not, for the sake of Litvish and Mishbachas. There is a schos that will hold her off for a year, meaning she'll drink the water and she'll drop dead a year later. Sometimes she'll drink the water and because she had so many merits, she will not die for two years. And sometimes she will have so many merits that she will stay alive for three years. Uh, it doesn't look like you last much longer than that. Therefore, Ben Azai says, we need to send girls to seminary, they need to have a good Jewish education, why? To make them well-rounded? No. Why? Because they need to know about Terah? No. Shimtishta, because if they will become a Saita and drink the water, she'll know that she might not be dying even though she committed adultery because she has some schos, and otherwise she wouldn't know if she wasn't a Tamidah Chachama. So this is the reason to teach women Terah according to the Mishnah. Don't ask me, ask Ben Azai. Rebbe Lezer, he says, Rebbe Lezer says, anybody who teaches his daughter Terah, it's like he's taught her Tiflus. Tiflus is a word that is difficult for us to translate now because we don't have the Gemara yet, so right now we're just going to say Dvarim Betelim because that's a good translation for the Mishnah's version of it. We're going to get into a Gemara later that's going to have a bit of a debate over what exactly this means, but the 
idea here is that it is a time-wasting activity to teach a girl Torah. I must say, because some people listen to only one of these shiurim and not the shiurim that we're going to do later, where we'll be expanding upon this, we're going to have a long discussion when we get to this section of the Gemara, part of Ein Yaakov, about why nowadays we do teach women Torah, and this is certainly not the maskana, but this is what the Mishnah says. So be aware, the Mishnah says this. Rabbi Yeshua says, a woman would prefer a kav and tiflus rather than tisha kavim uprishas. That is, that she would prefer to have a small amount of money and intimacy rather than a whole lot of money and no intimacy. Who I am, and once again, the Gemara is going to explain this, so we're not really going to get into it now. Don't get nervous. The Gemara is beautiful. The Mishnah is uh, mikatzer, short. Who I am, he would say, Chassid Sheita, a Chassid who's a moron, Rasha Arum, a Rasha who is very, very clever, and Isha Prusha, how do you want me to translate it? Isha Prusha, a woman who is uh, an ascetic, who doesn't involve herself in physicality, Makas Prushim, the smacks of the aesthetes, Hareelum Avleelum, these are people who destroy... Aesthetes, they are people who are aesthetic. 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 Not aesthetic. Aesthetic. Whatever. Hermits. Acidic. It means that, no, it means that they have a pH of lower than seven. And (laughs) these are people who destroy the world. (laughs) If you can't beat them in English, beat them in science. You got to use something, right? uh, Okay. Go for a select audience. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Enough enough people laughed that I'm, you know. Okay, now we're going to get into the Gemara. The Gemara says, They would say, take her out. They would say, get her out of the base of Mikdash. The Gemara asks Mendel Lakin's question, my time, what is the reason for this? Maybe we think she's going to die. Does that mean you think, that when she's dead, she's not allowed to be, that a dead body is not allowed to be in the camp of the Levites. The dead bodies aren't allowed to be yes, around Hershbatkin. No way. That's the camp of the Levi- Levites. That's where you live. You live in the camp of the Levites, I assume, right? That's where you're going to live when Mashiach comes. They're going to put you in the Levite camp. Okay, so uh, how do we know that a, uh, are you telling me that a mace is not allowed to be in Machina Levia? Atanya doesn't it say in a Braisa. Time mace wanted the Kandas Machina Levia. The Braisa says, I know that a dead body is allowed to enter Machina Levia. Relate to a mace of Adam, a lafila mace atzmai. Not just somebody who's tummy mace is allowed to enter the camp of the Levia, but also even the mace itself, you can put the dead body right in the camp of the Levites. Because it says in the Torah that Mesha took the bones of Yosef with him. This is exactly what Mendel just said. Mendel is a good memory for the Gemara. says that Mesha took the bones of Yosef with him. He put it in his area in the camp of the Levites. I hope the seltzer was worth it. Amar Abayi, Shema Tifres Nida. Amaya says, Shema Tifres Nida. It's not that, it's that maybe she will become a Nida. So we're not worried she's going to die because a dead body is allowed in the Machina Levia. We're worried that in her final moments, she's going to become a Nida. Let me look at our audience. Okay, we can talk about this. Lim Emra, is that to say, is that to say that getting very nervous will make somebody flow, will make Nida happen, that women yes. get Nida when they are nervous? In, absolutely. Dixim, because it says in the Pasuk, you got it? No, you got the next line? Uh, no? It says in the Pasuk that, that, uh, that uh, Esther, when she heard that, uh, about the decree against the Yidden, she was and Rashi there says, we also brought in the Gemara, means that she started, uh, she started menstruating when she heard that there was a bad thing that was going to happen to the Yidden. So indeed, it sounds like terror can make a woman menstruate. Amarav Rav says this means that she became a Nida. They said we have a Mishnah that says, don't we have a Mishnah that says the opposite, that when a woman is very nervous. She doesn't menstruate. It actually makes her stop bleeding. So the Gemara ends up answering, Pachada Tzamis Bisusa Marpia. Depends on what kind of nervousness she has. Pachada Tzamis, that is if she's worried 
over a long period of time, this makes her not menstruate, but bitsusa marpia, but sudden fear. If you sneak up behind somebody and say boo, that can cause menstruation. Not necessarily pachta, tzame, somebody who's worried about something for a very long time, the opposite reaction. That's the Gemara. Now there is an awesome tesis on this page. We obviously don't have the tesis on the page in front of us, but you can trust me, it really is there. There's a tesis here. Tesis says, that uh, we hold, we have a din that we, we, we pass in that women are not assumed to be nidas when they die. When a woman dies, we don't assume that she was Paris in her final moments. However, says Teisus, what do you think a person sees in their final moments? The Malach Mavis. Scary? Terrifying. That should cause nidah. That's Teisus' question. Teisus says, look, she saw the Malach Mavis. She should have sudden terror. Sudden terror of death should cause her to Paris nidah. And Teisus' answer is just as good as the question. Teisus' answer is that by the time she sees the Malach Mavis, she's already dead and there's no bleeding. So <laughs> you don't actually, so according to, this is just it comes out really interesting. If you want to, I, when I was when I was at the JLI, one of the questions we got on the panel was was what happens when you die. I want to know step by step what happens after a person dies. And uh, and if you're collecting little bits and pieces about what happens after a person dies, it sounds like a person does not see the malachim avos according to Tesis until they're already dead. While they're alive, they won't see anything. They'll see it once they're dead. And you have a raya from Tesis. Uh, that is not actually the answer I gave. I did one of these chabad house twists where I told them that uh, that while I would be happy to one day tell you about what happens when you die, we focus on living in this world and being alive. And uh, yeah, I know I I I, I, st- I can. St- Still be a shleach when I want to. So, uh, <laughs> but if you wanted some makaris and sometimes, sometimes a lifish a gadol, sometimes a shleach. I switch between. There's a chasm sefer. The chasm sefer asks a question. This is an interesting halachic question. Chasm sefer wants to know. Given that this is the din, that when a woman gets suddenly frightened, she is very likely to peris nida, how come we don't have a, why don't how it doesn't bring in shulchan archim? It's not a halacha. If a woman gets suddenly scared, she doesn't have to do a badika. Why not? Reasonable question, right? If we have a cloud that every time X happens, it causes blood to flow, we should need a badika for that. We should, we should need her to check. And here we have no such din that if she gets scared, somebody, somebody jumps out and shouts, boo, she doesn't have to go, she doesn't have to go check herself. So the chazim sefer wants to know, why not? Or maybe she should have to separate from her husband like a vessel during this period of time. And the answer the chazim sefer gives is that the, uh, somebody who gets scared enough to bleed, it doesn't cause a little bit of blood. It causes, an, it causes a full flow, and that's something that wouldn't require a badika. So we're not worried that her terror might cause her to bleed a little bit. We're ter- worried that her terror would cause the onset of menses, and that is something that she would notice without a bedikah. That's the Chasm Sefer's answer. So we're not talking small amounts of blood here. We're talking that tis chachal malkam she, uh, she, she, she began fully menstruating. There is an interesting sikha from the Rebbe, and with that we'll conclude tonight. It's in Teres Menachem, volume 11, page 145, and I'll read to you his Lushen, because the Lushen is so beautiful. B'shasha Esther Shamashish Gzeira al Yisrael. When Esther heard that there was a Gzeira about the Jewish people, azai v'tis chachal malkam she, she got so nervous that she started menstruating. This is despite the fact that the Gezerah was not about her. Esther was in no danger whatsoever. She was going to be fine. Her people were going to die, but this was about other people. Other people are in danger, and she gets so nervous that she starts menstruating. She gets so nervous that she, seized with a, she, she is seized with a sudden terror, which is the terror of death, really. She gets seized with the terror of death she about hearing that another Jew is having a problem. She was still married to Mordechai. It's her husband. Okay, but it wasn't her. She was worried, but really, but she, she, was worried, she was worried about the Yidden. She was in the king's palace. She didn't, she didn't know she was a Yid, she would have been safe. She heard about a Gezer about the Jewish people. The Indian was Negea to her. It mattered to her. And so too, of course, when it comes to us, if you want to know what one of the signs is of a Jew, one of the signs of a Chassid, one of the signs is of Kshayrim in general, it is that when we hear that something is, something is troubling another person, another Yid, that another Yid is facing something that terrifies them or upsets them, it touches us to our very core. Esther was setting an example that we need to not just 
sympathize, but empathize. That's the English word I'm looking for. That uh, when a Yid is part of the entire group of the Jewish people, that means when Rahman al-Atzlan, another Jew is suffering, this isn't just that I feel bad for them. This is that I literally feel the pain they're feeling, the terror they're feeling, and I, I, I live it with them until with, God's, until with God's help, we all get a redemption. Okay, thank you all very much.